much for coming out tonight. This is really cool. It's my first live podcast with the Ringer. We got Maze, we got Kevin Clark, I'm Ryan Rosillo. It's a dual threat NFL Ringer show hybrid, and we have a lot of fun stuff uh, ready to go. Probably go about an hour or so. Some uh, some topics here. We've all mapped it out. Uh, but I think the most important thing, because they made this happen, is thanking the people at Belvedere and uh, obviously thanking all you guys for coming out here. And a quick story, back when I used to bartend and I used to argue, I think in 2001, I was like, why don't more teams just hire closers? And look, it worked out like 15 years later. Uh, baseball joke, bad crowd. Uh, <laughs> but we bartended, we loved Belvedere because it tasted like you were actually having a vodka drink. So we're going to hand it over to Brian. He's going to check in a couple times tonight oh, and yeah. uh, we'll be good to go. So thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so, so much for having us, of course. It's always really important that we're involved in so many great things like this particular podcast. And of course, if you haven't already, try out the Juliet uh, cocktail at the Monte Cristo. If not, just have a great time tonight. Let's have a good time, hang loose, and let's talk some sports right now. All right. Sounds good. And uh, I think we, we're going to be doing some kind of giveaways, right? Yes? Okay. All right. There you go. It's, some people, there's probably some dates here, but like, if I don't get a shirt out of this... Uh, all right, here's where I want to start, and hopefully we'll all awake after a giant. How about a Giants win in primetime? 20-plus points. Whenever I look at the year, halfway through it, I start by going, okay, how many teams could win the Super Bowl where you wouldn't say, how the fuck did that happen? Um, give me your teams right now that wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, I think the four are pretty clear. I mean, if you would do a Final Four, it's New England. New Orleans, Kansas City, and the, the, the Rams. I mean, those, those four are pretty clear. I think that what the Steelers did on Thursday, they're definitely in that conversation now. So they'd be five for me. The Chargers... You so, want to say the Chargers so bad. I'm such a Chargers Kool-Aid drinker. It's terrible. I, I, I regret it every single time, but they're in that conversation to me. And then even after Thursday night, I still think the Panthers are a really good team. So I would definitely throw out those seven as my... I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. May I say the Bears? I'm not doing that yet. So nobody's going to say the Bears. I'm not doing that yet. I'm not doing it yet. I'm going to quietly believe it in my own mind, and I'm never going to say it out So you're a Bears fan. I've, yes. I've seen the handle between the dog tweets and the bear tweets. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's really my only. Yeah, that's my social media presence now, for sure. Why can't you say the Bears? The, the quarterback's just not good enough. I mean, it, well, I know, but he was awesome again this week. Like, what's up with this guy? Their offensive coach is really good, and their talent is really good. I mean, it's one of those things where you watch them the last two weeks against Buffalo and the Jets, and it's like, all right, it's not impressive. And then they just drop Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack back into that conversation. It, the way they've built that team is super impressive. I, I, the job that Ryan Pace has done, he, I don't think he's getting enough credit right now. Ryan Pace is here? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> huge Ryan Pace fans yes. tonight. Ryan thanks, Pace for, thanks for making the trip. I, I, I want to ask you this question. I We're, can't see one person, so it could be Ryan Pace. I can so. see my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry I swore in front of your mom. I was just trying to make it's, it's, really, it's a late Vegas edgy podcast she, that we're doing here. Trust me. She swears way more than you. All right. You know, sounds you don't good. don't need to worry about it. <laughs> so you were at Chargers practice all last week. Yes. Do they have doctors? Do they have a medical staff? Because is Joey Bosa ever coming back? The two things that really stuck with me from the Chargers locker room were one, Michael Badgley just sitting alone with no one talking to him, which makes sense because mm-hmm. he's going to get cut in a week anyway. You don't want to connect yourself with him in any sure. way. And Joey Bosa is just sitting there on a couch with his foot in a bucket of ice. He wasn't in a cold tub. It was just in a bucket of ice, like a cooler. I was like, what is going on here right now? I, that team is, every single time I want to be excited about them, how much 
of. I just realized that they're not a real NFL team in like 20 different ways. Their entire medical staff is just making them <laughs> yes. Google search WebMD, yeah, that's all diagnose it is. themselves. They, they just have WebMD open. Yeah, like you had the Richard it. Nixon Wikipedia page open last night when we were recording the podcast. That's all they have. It's just WebMD. Just ripping my interest in history. <laughs> I think everybody keeps forgetting they're not in San Diego anymore. The refs, I write down notes. I put down SD. I'm like, what is this? Um, I do it every time. Every are we time. are we missing one team that I think before the season started, like if my friends are going to say, do you want to go to a strip club? And I'd be like, no, I just want to look at the Vikings depth chart because yeah. that turns me on. <laughs> that team, and they've admitted it themselves, is that despite all this talent on paper, we haven't had, we haven't had the start. Um, and I've never been, you know, I used to get huge arguments with my former co-host, Danny Cannell, back at ESPN about Kirk Cousins. And I'd be like, you know what? I think I might actually have to admit that I'm wrong on this one. And I'm not even the biggest Cousins guy, but doesn't it feel, especially in that division, as you're sitting there both not buying into the Bears? They, they terrify that, me. That, that, don't you have to at least say, hey, the Vikings could figure out a way to just be a little bit steadier the rest of the year? So I guess that depends on if they actually lost to the Buffalo Bills, because I don't know if that game happened. It may have been a false memory kind of Mandela effect at this point. I'm not totally sure. If they really did lose that game, I think that's disqualifying because they play these games every three or four weeks. They're just completely head scratching. They're almost like a ticking time bomb. When are they going to completely just mentally collapse? We saw it in the NFC Championship game where they couldn't handle the RPO in the first quarter and then they just were completely out mentally. And so I, I just over a probably a three game stretch, they're not, obviously not going to get a buy. Um, they're, they're going to have one of those games. They will not make the Super Bowl. They fret me. That's all I'll say. I mean, I just think that the talent is. I can't tell if that's good or bad, right? They, now. they, they frighten me. I mean, We're, I think the talent is such on both sides of the ball. Their offensive line's a mess. And the injuries they had there, I mean, I was there in August. It was like mid August. And their beat writers were just like, it's over because the offensive line injuries. And I was like, are you, you guys are nuts. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I've kept so forgetting certain guys on that defense. I'm like, oh, they have him too. You know, so anyway. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. It's because the offense is, I, I've been so impressed with Cousins. I mean, I, when you watch him in Washington, it's like, all right, he's a decent quarterback. What he's done this year with that offensive line, I've been, he's been so, so good. So that talent they have with the quarterback, with the receivers, and then just the potential on the defense. That's what worries me is because they haven't played well, but they just got Everson Griffin back. Rhodes has been dinged up a little bit. What if Barr puts it together? It's just, there's so many guys on that team that are top level, top tier talented players that I just feel like by the end of the year, they're the best team in that division. And that's why I'm kind of tempering my excitement about the bears. The other thing that we've seen, and I've, I've kind of pointed this out maybe towards the, the end of having the daily ESPN show is that I'm, I'm always fascinated by whether or not we're doing things in life wrong, right? Like whenever you're doing something a really long time and then somebody presents a new way to do it, you never want to admit that maybe they're right. Cause it means that you've been doing it wrong the whole time. And in football, Hey, we got to run the football. We've got to be able to stop the run. I don't think it matters anymore. I think coaches look at a run attempt up the middle as a wasted attempt at a pass. I mean, the same things happen in the NBA with the way three-point shooting and small ball lineups. And this stuff happened. It fell overnight. And then in baseball, the way they use pitchers feels immediate. The way at-bats are approached are different. And it's just all these things have changed in such a short amount of time that when I look at all these teams, the one common thread is they're all top 10, if not top eight offenses. And defensively, I couldn't believe when I looked at and every metric, you know, we can get really nerdy about this, whether it's yards or some of the more advanced stuff but new england 
on paper has the better defense, and I don't trust those guys at all compared to what the Rams are on D. I can't believe they're this bad with the talent they have on defense. And Kansas City, who the first time they looked good on defense against a rookie quarterback yesterday against Rosen and the Cardinals. I think that the, the running game, we talk about this all the time. Maze is a Todd Gurley truther. He and I go back and forth on it all the time, and I think that running is not efficient, but if it's part of who you are in terms of your identity, I think that it helps. The fact that the Rams use 40% play action on their dropbacks, I think that's why they are who they are. But you're right. I mean, for the most part, the running game doesn't matter. And then if you look at the defenses... Well, look, I'm willing to concede that Gurley's a little different here in yeah. that. And I still don't know that I would pay these guys or that kind of stuff. But I was lucky enough to go to that Saints game where the, the Saints beat the Rams. But seeing Gurley in person, like he makes you think about it. Like you, you don't want to deal with their that. offense is just so different. I mean, you look at every single offense in the NFL. It's almost 70 percent shotgun for the most part. These teams are throwing the ball all the time. The Rams are the opposite. They're under center 66% of the time. Play action is who they are. And that's why their running back to me is a little bit different than everyone else's. But to your point, yeah, I mean, does it really matter if you have a top 10 defense anymore? And are we kidding ourselves if we think that by the end of this whole thing, the Patriots won't be able to stop people in the playoffs? They will. Yeah. It, it just I, I, That's the problem with this season. It's been so fun, and watching these new exciting teams is so enjoyable. And then in the back of your mind, all you're thinking the entire time is, well, at the end of this, New England should just be able to stop people in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the future of football is 45 to 43. And we've seen it the last two or three years. You know, Everyone kept saying it's becoming like basketball, and now it really is. It's about turnovers. It's about a couple of key stops. But you're you're not going to hold the Kansas City Chiefs under 28 points in the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. So you just build the modern defense you can. Um, that, you know, Spending a lot of money on defensive players is not very smart. We know that already. And so it's just about building not a good defense, but a modern defense. And that's sort of what these teams have. And you can win a Super Bowl with that. So when you guys talk to teams, front office guys, like, what do they say about what they're trying to do anymore? Are there schemes? like We always expect this stuff to evolve and the defense will catch up. I, I don't know, between the penalties, between the offensive, you know, the numbers that we've seen, every passing record is going to be destroyed. You know, so some of these guys will say, oh, look at Stafford's numbers at the end of this. He's a Hall of Famer. I go, oh, man, that I mean, I like Stafford, but that seems weird. Yeah, I, um, that's just not true. No, what were you we saying? <laughs> well, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a stat this morning, actually, that the Saints were scoring on 64% of their drives, okay? That's and the, the 2007 Patriots, who we were all in awe of offensively, that's the Moss, Brady, were about right. 55%. So that's where we're at. This The Saints team is significantly better than the 07 Patriots. And so that's just the way it's going to go. And it's not going to regress. The, the guys like Drew Brees, there's a lot more guys who, when they're 40 years old, are going to look like Drew Brees, who are 25 now, than, than there were 10 years ago. Uh, for me, it's it's just about the way that you're trying to spend your resources. So all these teams, think about what McVay did for Goff. And I don't mean to bring everything back to the Bears, but think about what Nagy has done for Mitchell Trubisky. It's a real offense. Every single team that hires a defensive-minded head coach and is going to try to piece together their offensive staff, you should be kicked out on the street. Like the, the Steve <laughs> Wilkes thing and what's going on with Todd Bowles and everything else, you just can't be that as an NFL franchise anymore. So you, I mean, I mean, this is a pretty drastic thing that you're basically saying that if the defensive-minded guy, he shouldn't be the head coach of your team anymore. I think if Bill, you have a Bill top, Belichick's pretty good. Bill Belichick is an exception to this rule, obviously. We'll let but, well, all right, we'll accept Belichick as an answer. But if you if you drafted a guy in the top ten, which the Jets and the Cardinals did, 
And the, obviously, Bowles was already in place, whatever. But the Cardinals willingly went out and hired Steve Wilkes after drafting guy in the t- well, before. But it, that's just not that's incongruous. You can't do that anymore. All that matters is building a staff and spending your resources in order to pump up your quarterback. And every team that doesn't do that is doing it the wrong way. But I guess the question is, who are you going to hire? There's there's a finite number of good offensive minds. I'm I'm looking to college. I'm looking to every. I mean, it's just there. It, so many guys are running college schemes it's like all right let's just try that john d filippo guys like that hire the rams quarterbacks coach i don't care i just don't want any more one or two year defensive coordinators to be given these head coaching jobs with young quarterbacks see this is something i thought about for a while and now that texas tech has turned it around and they're competitive for texas tech but i thought if kingsbury ever lost his gig there'd be an owner going, give me the guy that had Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. I think you're right. I think all of these, you might not even have to be a head coach at the college level. You have to have the next crazy system that's putting up 50 plus points and you're going to go, I'm going to tie that guy to my new young QB. And I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what all of these guys are going to do because all I've heard, and it's not entirely fair, you know, look, Sean Payton's been around a while. He's not 25, but it became this thing between Shanahan's run and what they did with Garoppolo at the end of last year and what McVay's been able to do with Goff, where Goff looked like a disaster with Fisher and that entire coaching staff, but that owners are going to see those things and be like, I need a young guy with a trim beard and you know, I, I need somebody that's the future of what this is. Even if it's the wrong hire, that's what they're going to look for. It, you might as well screw it up. But you would need to go that route. And again, what's happening with Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback. The Bears are the the Bears. Ace is over there. He's super pissed off. The the Bears are a competitive team because they have an offensive coach that puts their guys in constant positions to succeed. And I just think that's what you need. I mean, you need to go to Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, all that stuff. It's those are the right hires at this moment in time. There's just there's going to be a run on Andy Reid coordinators, and you're going to get stuck with the lemon. Like that's that's the but, real danger of. It. But that's okay. okay. If, if you're stuck with the lemon, that as long as you made the right move in terms of process, it's going to go wrong every once in a while. It's not going well with Tennessee right now. No, I mean it's what Lafleur has done has not been impressive. But I still like the hire in the moment. You're going to get these wrong every once in a while, but as long as your thought process is correct, I'm fine with it. Right. Well, Adam Gase was kind of along those lines, though, too, is because you go, oh, hey, Peyton Manning loved him, then I'll be good. And then what I always try to explain to anybody when when you're doing this is that you can be the most impressive X and O guy ever, but it is just a little bit different when everybody's looking at you. And some people just don't have the personality for that. And that's probably why so many of these great coordinators end up failing. When I look at Rosen... I go back to the start of this draft class, and we thought, if you talk to anybody about it, it was, it was one of the special ones. People were comparing it to 83. Uh, I, you know, Todd McShay's a close friend. A year out, he goes between Allen, who I think physically is as gifted as anyone, Darnold, maybe even Baker, who at the time wasn't really thought to be, especially if you go number one overall, Rose in the conversation. People were even talking Mason Rudolph, and then Lamar ends up going. Where are you right now with them as a class? Because... Again, not entirely fair, but on paper, going into last week, four of the worst QBRs were the first round rookies other than Lamar. And then the fifth guy was Eli, but he got you guys a win tonight. So, so I think especially on the money line, we're going to look back at this class and think all of these quarterbacks had their own little miniature Jeff Fisher. Yes. All of them had this this block in the way. I mean, we like, 
they the Cardinals put Mike McCoy with their rookie quarterback. They said, this is the guy we want. Isn't it so obvious when you watch him, all they see is a rookie and they don't trust him? Right. Like, they don't trust Rosen at all. And I actually thought he was the most NFL-ready of all the guys. I love Rosen. I think he's going to be really good. It, it just... I feel so good about this right now. And I feel like in three years, you're like, remember when we did that live podcast and we talked about how awesome Josh Rosen I was? love Josh Rosen. I, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But it's what we were just talking about. It's what, what happened with Goff. Yeah. To draft these guys in the top 10... And then build your franchise and more or less say to your rookie quarterback, good luck, buddy. It's crazy. I, I just cannot believe the lack of infrastructure they've given these guys. Jeremy Bates. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy Bates. Mike Mc- That was a negative. I take it. That was bad. He's <laughs> bad. The, the Cardinals have a first year head coach and they fired their offensive coordinator in like four weeks. They got to pick that guy. It's not as if Steve Wilkes was saddled with Mike McCoy. Also, Mike McCoy had the cheat code, which was David Johnson. If you yes. all, all you had to do was say, hey, Josh, give the ball to David Johnson, and he didn't do it. I mean, it was just mind-boggling incompetence. And so I think a lot of these guys, I mean, for Baker Mayfield just had a nice game. He, he was he's coached by Greg Williams. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> Greg just, Williams had a lot of offers prior to this. He did. <laughs> he actually was we we asked him to come do this show. Yeah. He, he refused. He that. turned he it busy. down. Yeah. Turned it down. But so we're, we're going to look back on this class and I don't know if it's going to look like 83, but we're going to have a much different read on it in three and four. So you're years. still bullish on this thing. I, I There's still talent there. Yeah. I, for, I'm, Who's your guy then of the group? I, it's Rosen Baker, Baker. 1A, 1B to me. I think Rosen's really good. Baker. Okay. So where, where are you guys with Baker right now? I'm also bullish on Baker. It's 1A, 1B. No, but I mean, from what you've seen, because I, you know, I think this is kind of how it's happening. This is, this is, I have this theory, right? It's the Monday night theory or it could even be the Sunday night game but if you're a young quarterback or hell you could even be a guy that's debated I mean other than that top tier guy then I feel like there's 15 guys that if you wait around long enough you'll have a week of results that will back your opinion on that quarterback because that's all we're really doing is walking around and be like man Andrew Luck sucks and then you just have to be quiet for a month straight <laughs> um, which is right now uh, when you're bad on Sunday or Monday that's like being bad for four straight games because everybody sees it and if you're great, I remember Geno Smith had like a decent game against the Saints in a primetime slot. And it was like, the Jets have something to build with. I, I, I don't remember that one. but <laughs> No, I'm going to send you the link to that. Uh, Baker, excuse me, when Darnold has that game against the Lions, yeah. we're like, man, Bulls is going to get extended. Can, you know, the Pats, you know, do we have somebody to challenge him? And then ironically, Baker beats Darnold in the game where he places um, Tyrod and Yet in that moment, like I think people get excited about it, and then it's very easy to kind of lose track of how bad they've been in most of these games. I'll be curious. We, we were just talking about it. I'll be curious about the level of patience. Yep. I think Bowles is probably done. I mean, I think today was one of those weeks, or this week was one of those weeks where these guys are probably on the outs. I mean, the, the Bengals may never fire Marvin Lewis, but that was another one I was thinking about. Not only that, they're bringing in Hugh Jackson. Did you see this? <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the yes. titles doubling down. I thought he was going to be on first but, take, but. Uh, <laughs> But a team like the... The only person with more job offers than Greg Williams is Hugh Jackson. <laughs> a team like the Cardinals, right? So you hire Steve Wilkes. It's year one. You've seen what that offense is like. Can you honestly just run it back next year? I don't know how you can justify that. And it just feels like we're going to see more of these teams pull the trigger quicker with these coaching hires and just say, we need something different because we need to get everything out of our young quarterback. But that in turn depletes the bench. That's why so many bad coaches are... are, are in power right now is because the churn has, has uh, gotten faster to the point that there's just not a bench. You have to go to college. You have to go to college offensive coordinators in some cases to find offensive talent because it's just, 
It's drying up. I want Mike Leach to be a head coach of the NFL so bad. <laughs> I It would be amazing. Just, unfortunately for Leach, every time they get hired, they're like, what's a middle of nowhere Pyro 5 program? So he ends up in <laughs> Pullman and Lubbock. Um, he, yeah. I was talking to him like two weeks ago, and we were talking about Name the Name drop. We were talking. I, I love Mike Leach to death. We were talking. We were talking about the Rams' offense, and I mentioned a type of play that they were using. And in during our conversation, he was like, "Oh, I just came up with something awesome." And it was yeah. It was, and that's the type of thing. It's like he's just such a brilliant football mind, and we just need more people like that in the NFL, even if they're not prototypical NFL head coach. Well, you know what's really funny if you think about you know him going back to Kentucky and all that stuff is yeah. that when Tim Couch was the number one pick of the Browns, that was before people didn't understand the bus ratio yep. on spread QBs because it was still so new to all of us. So it's like, what is he? Six, four. Awesome. <laughs> Take him number one. And now I still look, I, I've gone to five games. I was just in Norman. As I mentioned, you know, I go to LSU Bama every, there's so many spread quarterbacks that I watch from the sideline and I'll go, oh, man, he's pretty good, but I don't know. You know, that it's not, it's probably more safe than maybe it was five years ago, but I still am, it's it's hard figuring this thing out, and these guys still screw it up. It, com- it comes down to, Andy Reid has said this a million times to me and other people, but it comes down to the fact they're throwing more than they ever have. It's like a 10,000-hour theory. From the time they're eight years old in some cases, they're in seven-on-sevens, they're in high school, and they're in summer camps, and they are throwing thousands of times more than the generations before them. And so if you're Andy Reid, you can take that arm talent and just make it into Patrick Mahomes, make it into something good. Everybody, even Mahomes was inconsistent. I know nobody everybody wants Everybody missed this, on Mahomes because Mahomes of the school. Mahomes was the craziest one to me. I mean, Mahomes, when you watched him play, it didn't even look like football. I couldn't believe some of the stuff he would do. I'd be like, he didn't, you don't get yelled at from that, that throw? And it didn't matter because they needed to score 60. That it was so that kind of the gap you're talking about from kind of projecting these guys in an NFL system and watching them in professional football, he was the hardest one. But the other one that's quietly a huge jump, Jared Goff played in one of the most air raid heavy systems you can possibly imagine. I mean, Sonny Dykes is an air raid truther, and now Jared Goff is under center two thirds of the time. These things can happen. Could you imagine going from the air raid to Jeff Fisher? <laughs> they were joking with us the other day. I, my working theory. So his Jeff Fisher's last two offensive coordinators were Rob Baronis, Rob Baronis, yeah. Frank Signetti, yep. who I don't know where they are anymore. Uh, they may uh, have been just pen names. Put some respect on Brian Schottenheimer's name. All right? No, like, no but that was really was what, what it was. Like I would start asking around. Not that I'm plugged in NFL wise with you guys, and I go like, "What is wrong with this? Like, how does it keep happening?" And they go, "Actually, like Jeff has a hard time filling out his staff." Yeah. And so that was that was the golf thing. I, you know, look, I mean, that first year of golf got so bad, we started hearing Fisher rumors through the media that he'd always wanted Wentz, <laughs> you know, because like, as Hugh Jackson loses his gig, he's like, well, I liked Mahomes, Watson and Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty convenient. Yeah. None of the guys you took. Um, all right. Before we do some Q&A stuff, and we get yeah. some other things that I want to get to here. I want to do a little bit of this. Uh, who would you rather be? Okay? OK. And because we're in Vegas. And we haven't touched on it yet. Do we have a lot of Raiders fans here ready to go? Are you guys psyched about what you're important I'm, here? I'm so sorry. Me too. I'm Let's so talk about sorry. it. I feel like I heard nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. For that. Who would you rather be right now? I think with the money, it's, it's not fair. But John Gruden or Jason Garrett? <laughs> this is mean. It's Gruden. It's Gruden because the money, but that's the only reason. I also... This is morbid, but I was reading the other day that uh, <laughs> global warming is going to really tick right. up in 2028 around when Gruden 
his contract is over. So he made us ride this into the apocalypse. <laughs> and then there's, we don't have to look back on this era or anything like that. And it's going to be fine. I think it's probably Gruden because of the money and just all that stuff. But I also think that John Gruden has no self-awareness. Yeah. So that's probably why it's Gruden too, because he doesn't know he's doing a bad job. So it's not as if he's waking up depressed like, this bad though. Now, granted, like nothing makes you more overrated. Than one. Right. But to win a Super Bowl, And then my joke was always like, especially with the NBA coaches, like as soon as you went to ESPN, I would be like, who do you think you're going to end up working for in four months? Because <laughs> owners would be at home watching NBA tonight at 2 a.m. being like, that's a really great point. I'm going to give Mike Brown four years. <laughs> it's Mike. Mike Brown's not here, right? You did a great job <laughs> with us uh, at ESPN. And, that, and that's what happened with Gruden. I mean, so, granted, the Raiders thing is a little bit different because you feel like it went wrong and you're, they're getting back together. But he became this epic fix-all just because he had a good personality in Monday Night Football, and that's insane. Steve Kerr is like the exact opposite of this, right? I mean, Steve Kerr is the actual competent coach that came out of the media. But it that 2000, 2002, 2003, what year did the Bucs win the Super Bowl? 02. 02. Uh, John, yeah. John Gruden won a Super Bowl, but he won a Super Bowl with the greatest pass defense in the history of modern football. And that's why, as this entire thing was happening, it's, well, yeah, you know, John Gruden won a Super Bowl. He did this and that. I still never understood it because John Gruden won a Super Bowl with an an incredible defense and he was out of the league for 10 years. None of it makes sense. It's gone about as bad as I figured it would go. You know, the Gruden thing was always kind of a weird spot because when you're doing, you know, again, I was there every day. I was in the building for like 12 years and it's not like all of us thought each other were awesome on the air. (laughs) (laughs) And Gruden was... Was I got it, you know, and there's always a little something about anything and it's not it's not specific to ESPN, but there's always something about a company that can be like, oh, we can grab him from that company. And, you know, that's what he was. He was at NFL Network and they were pumped and I, I thought he did a good job and he had to change broadcast partners the whole time. But what used to always kind of blow my mind is how openly he would just court other opportunities where he could work. Like he went on a radio show once and they asked him about, hey, Peyton Manning, what do you think? about this Panthers defense? Who should the Bears hire? And then at the end, he's like, man, Rocky Top. Freaking love that song, man. Am I singing that all night? And you were like, what, dude? We, like, we, we didn't ask you about Tennessee. And that's how he said goodbye. He said goodbye saying how much he loved the song Rocky Top. And the two radio hosts, like, I went up to him after, like, what the fuck was that? And they were like, we have no idea. And so he nailed it. He made it perfect. But I think anytime if you're a... Again, this is the Raiders here, but anytime you're a front office or an ownership and you have to go, so we have to pay this guy a hundred million dollars to be the coach. Do we, can we not do it? (laughs) And that should be your answer. And it's it's even worse. It's even worse than any of us could imagine. It's a hundred million dollars. I mean, what can you imagine? A what does year four of this look like? Yes, exactly. (laughs) What does year two of it look like? I mean, when this team gets here to Vegas in two years, who is the face of the franchise? What's the over/under on numbers of guys on one and a half <laughs> under? You think it's one? And one and a half, half players will make it here. I'm so Derek to. Carr and not Derek Carr. No, I think he's gone. Colton Miller is not even making it. By the way, by the way, what am I, am I insane for wondering like why the Derek Carr thing would be something you want to move off of this quickly? I understand his contract, but still, where are the caps going to go with the new TV deal? It's, I mean, they can get out from under it. I think that's the reason you'd want to do it is because there's no penalty. And if you really do who want to start... Who are you bringing in? Yeah, but that's what like... A, you're you're, you're going to have the number one pick. You're going to have the number one pick in the draft. You can p- pick your guy. 
that is the answer. If he really does want to remake this franchise in his own image, and he's like, this is my team, I want to build it my own way, this is the year where they can do it. This guy, his ideal quarterback is like a Jeff Garcia, Josh Johnson hybrid. I didn't say he'd make a good choice. I just say he might want to make a choice. He doesn't want the first overall pick. It'll be one of these guys. guys. It'll be a first rounder that's a bust, because one of these guys will be a bust. Yes. And then it'll be Josh Allen, Vegas Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so it sounds like Gruden was still the answer, though, despite all those compliments. Uh all right, speaking of rookie, who would you rather be, Josh Allen or Josh Rosen? Josh, Josh Allen? Have you been to Buffalo? What? Wait, what? Was that your answer? You'd rather be Josh Allen? Oh, Josh Allen? Rosen, excuse yeah. me. No. I was, I was like, <laughs> I feel like you said the wrong name. I, no, I would definitely rather be Josh you said Rosen. the wrong name definitely. in the wrong city. Um, yeah, it's Josh Rosen. Okay. I don't think I need to follow up on that. I, although, I'm not, I'm although, sure although I will say this. As far as replacing somebody, there is no better person to replace in the history of maybe sports than Nathan Peterman. Josh Allen's going to be a conquering hero. That's yeah. yeah, so like true. It's, it's the, the so bad. so right. low right. to the point the only working theory I have is that Nathan Peterman was a viral advertisement for Josh Allen. <laughs> when I think of Peterman and the way people talk about him now, like one of my favorite movies, maybe my favorite movie ever is Fargo. And I actually feel bad for William H. Macy when he's trying to crawl out of that motel. (laughs) And he had his wife kidnapped, which is something you shouldn't do. And that led to a terrible thing uh, with the wood chipper and all. But I still somehow felt bad for him. And that's kind of how I feel about Nathan Peterman. (laughs) I I honestly do, too. I mean, it's just one of those things where the guy seems really sad. I mean, when you hear him talk about stuff, it just he he seems really bummed out. He did the like. My life is more than football things. Yes. Oh, what you say when you the, gave up? He did it three starts ago, and the Bills <laughs> kept trotting him out there. I don't. I think he starts again for the Bills. Didn't Butch Jones? Didn't Butch Jones once say we're we're winning at the University of Life? Yeah. or something. Whenever you start to do yeah. that, you go, that's that's where you know it's over. Yeah, Bruce no Allen does that with with Washington sometimes, where he's just like we're we're doing great as a franchise. Well, they aren't first. Well, no, I meant when they're bad. Oh, normally, okay. so he keeps quiet. Uh, all right, I have one more, and then we'll take a little break. We'll get it back to Brian. Everybody can enjoy their Juliets here from Belvedere. But before we get to that, all right, let's see how this one goes. Who would you rather be right now, Le'Veon Bell or Kaepernick? It's, it's Le'Veon Bell because I'll get a job. But I mean, it's. Uh, Kaepernick is never going to play again. I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's even a remote possibility. So that's why it's Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell will get signed by a team next year. Yeah. Um, but wait, is this from a football perspective or from like a life perspective? Total package. I'd rather be. Oh, all right. I'd rather be Kaepernick. I mean, you're going to be remembered for in people you know, like him for a long Bell. time. People, people like him. Le'Veon Bell is just the guy who just randomly gave up $14 million this year. It's going to play for the Bills. I, I, I will, I will jump on that. I, I, I agree. If it's not just from a football perspective, then, then I'm with you. He's going to get 30 you want to change the game behind Josh Allen. Next you're Josh year. Allen. <laughs> no, I'm all set. Yeah. Thank you. It's the whole picture. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all set. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, there's a bunch of other things we're going to get to, including your NFL Hill that you want to die on. And maybe we'll grab somebody from the crowd on that one as well. Uh, but before we do that and finish up with some, Q&A stuff as well. We're going to get back over to Brian and uh, let you know about this drink that we're pounding well, out I tonight. mean, like, how fantastic is all this stuff? I mean, the NFL is something that's always constantly reinventing itself. It's one of those things where five years ago, the running back quarterback was the new NFL offense, right? And now we're just guessing. We're guessing at what the new team is going to be. The Rams should win the Super Bowl. Are they going to? I don't know. Well, you know what you don't have to guess about? 
Belvedere Vodka. 100% rye with pineapple juice, a little bit of soda water. You have a delicious cocktail in your hand, and it's a winning combination every time. I am a Raiders fan, by the way. And uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, I mean, John Gruden, he was, I mean, John, he was supposed to be like the next Madden, right? Big waste, big waste. Just dying right now on this. So that's a uh, no vote. You should, you should have yourself a couple of those, by the way. Yeah. You, you, you definitely deserve yeah. it. I, I, I'm, I'm taking the bottle home. I have um, a bunch of NBA things that, you know, I think about, like, I'm like the only person in the world that thinks there was a chance that maybe LeBron could have stayed with Cleveland if they could have pulled off a trade. And now that I live out in L.A., like the guy that's not even on the top shelf of the Equinox trainer board would be like down here on the second one. <laughs> like, dude, I knew that a year ago. What are you a moron? I'm like, how did you know, Dave? You're, you're like a level two. You don't even have your massage certification yet. Um, <laughs> give me your NFL hill that you both die on. Um, obviously individually here, but the thing and you guys, I want to grab somebody out here at some point. The thing that you say in your group of friends, some belief that you have in the NFL that people kind of question why they should even be friends with you. Mace. I definitely said that Philip Rivers is one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time on Bill Simmons <laughs> podcast last week. So I that, actually kind of like that. Uh, that. That's that. That one's probably, I, I think that how I consider him in the all time hierarchy is the one that's maybe most embarrassing. I just, Why is that embarrassing? That's not embarrassing. I, I mean, think about all the. He's never. How many playoff games has Philip Rivers won? I mean, it's he's not a guy you would just no, throw in the conversation typically. So you got to the AC title game, right? So was that two that year with the bye? Oh wait a minute, that, that could have been the bye. I think they, they had a bye that year yeah. because they were really good. They were really. They were like. I, yeah. I just think that he is in the conversation with the best quarterbacks that have ever played. I really do. And the other one is the the second hill. I would I will die on for the rest of time. I think Julius Peppers is the best football player I've ever seen. Keep going. I'm going to try to find somebody who has a uh, player. Okay, I'm going to blow you out of the water. I think that Marvin Lewis is an amazing coach. That's a really good one. We talked about this. That's a little week. weirder than the No, Philip no, we Rivers talked one. about this last we're, we're together week. together on this. We talked about this last week because someone in a, a ringer meeting said that he was bad, mm-hmm. and we both leapt to his defense. Yep. He completely oh, resurrected a horrible, like Browns-esque franchise into a perennial playoff. It was the worst franchise in the NFL, and he turned them into a team that made the playoffs, what, like five times in eight years or something like that? Yeah. I know. We, it was funny. We, we kind of like looked at each other as the conversation was happening. We're like, no, my Marvelous is actually good. Yeah, that's our hill. We're both this. on that hill. All right, we got one. He, he said one name, and I didn't even have to hear the rest. So <laughs> I, I think we're good here. Just uh, introduce yourself and go for it. I'm Noah. live in Summerlin. I know all you guys podcast. Appreciate it. So uh, the hill I die on that all my friends hate me for is if Jay Cutler didn't strain his MCL in the NFC championship game, we'd be debating if Matty Ice was uh, better than Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Maze, I'll let you take this one. I legit think they could have won the Super Bowl that year if he didn't get hurt. I legit think that. It's, trust me, I, I think about that day so many times. I remember where I was when I watched that game. I was at the other side in Lincoln Park, and after the B.J. Raji interception touchdown, I, I got drunker than I think I've ever gotten in my entire life. I was so, so depressed. Trust me, I, I'm with you. You don't have to convince me. All right, we got a, one from a little bit further back, but I remember this. This is the first time I really worried about a locker room. Just uh, introduce yourself and go for it. Uh, my name is Walter. I'm from Rochester, New York, Walter. and I truly believe the Buffalo Bills would have won the Super Bowl 
if Doug Flutie started over Rob Johnson and the Music City Miracle. Wow. Okay. Wow. Because there's a lot of Bill's what ifs yeah, about oh the Super God. Bowl. None of them involve Doug Flutie. <laughs> That's amazing. Good help. How, how old were you during the Music City Miracle? Like 12. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. I remember it, but it was, it was a long time ago. Okay, we got one more, and this one is, uh, we might, somebody might have to cut him off. I don't know how many Juliets he's had. <laughs> hey, guys, again. Um, Jason from uh, California. I think that John Gruden, not to go back to him in the one fan we have here, uh, I think he is the Sam Hinkie of the NFL. <laughs> wow. Um, process, the process is, in the NFL. Wait, he's tearing yeah, no, it down. I, he's I, thinking. I see where you're going with that. I'm just trying to... It's tough to process. Yeah, I'm trying to... <laughs> Pun intended. I, you, you, it's all you. It's all you. I, I, I think there's a chance. I think that there's a, a real I chance that this whole thing is just the whole, like, I don't understand analytics. I don't know if it's data or data, which might be his best bit. Um, <laughs> I think there's a chance this is all an incredible scam and he's been working. It's like a Brody from Homeland kind of thing. And he's just going deep in... And then in five years, they're going to win the Super Bowl. It would be my favorite thing about the NFL ever if John Gruden was just a secret genius. Just revealed I, himself to be <laughs> yes, Aaron Schatz. I would absolutely love yeah. it. But I don't think that's true. You drove here from the Air Force Base, right? He said. So did you serve? All right. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Jason told me he made a three and a half hour road trip out here. So... Uh, that was Thanks, pretty man. cool, man. Yeah, Seriously, it's pretty awesome. Because yeah. um, I, you know, I, I didn't. I, the crowd's great, by the way. So thanks, thanks for all you guys coming out. Um, I don't want to talk about Gruden anymore. I, he just, <laughs> he just stunned me with that one. The thing about Hinky that was always so funny is when I would talk to NBA GMs about it, they'd be like, "So what, what's the deal with this guy? He gets, he gets a four year deal and sucks, and then we don't know if he's any good at the job yet." There was so much resentment about him around the league and then other owners. And I actually think Hinky and not to turn this into an NBA thing, but I think that's a really good piece of kind of just an observation that if you are something that isn't accepted, don't advertise it. Yeah. Just shut up. Yep. Don't tell everybody that you're going to be the worst. Don't tell everybody you're going to grab half of Georgetown's roster when they stink because people, people would rather actually, it speaks a lot to politics. We'd rather be lied to. So when other teams in the NBA are tanking, they'll sign Carlos Boozer at the very end of his career for one year for $10 million going, what do you mean? We're competing. We're not tanking. And we're like, well, yeah, you are. Hinky was unapologetic about it and couldn't understand the dynamic of people not understanding what he was trying to do. That's the uh, dynamic I, I, around I, I will say Brown and the, and the Browns. Yeah. I think that's the comparison. The, yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. The Orlando Magic did not advertise what they were doing, and it's still so. <laughs> so just uh, but, FYI. We, uh, we, we've seen that in the NFL. And I think that that's exactly what the Browns did. And I think that there, I mean, you can, there was resentment. I think that teams around the league really didn't like what the Browns were doing. And it was the same, it was the same thing. They had to bring in like a yes. pure football guy to, exactly. to, to make, make sure it was very, very was okay. I mean, that we've already seen it happen. And the Browns have decent talent. If they get a good coach, I think that they can be really good, really fast. But in it, it, that's the thing is that people just don't like teams doing that and, and people that are so it's like, shameless. It's, exactly. it's right. Shameless. The other guy that's trying to keep his job doesn't like, wait a minute. So you get to yes. suck and get in contract extension. And I'm worried about getting fired in three years. But I think there's another thing from this. And it, it's kind of my balance of like liking numbers, but not just following them blindly either is that the numbers guys can be so condescending about it. And can be. I mean, the baseball guys are the, like, I don't tweet about baseball anymore because 
people don't care. And I was into the Red Sox run. I, I'm sitting there watching an 18-inning game, and then you just get hammered over the head. Be like, oh, first time watching a baseball game? And you're like, no, but I didn't tweet about the Blue Jays and Sox in May because I knew no one was going to care. I'm the same way. I mean, I, I can't remember what it was. It was. Have you ever gotten into a fight with an analytics guy? What? <laughs> I'm just never gotten in a fight. So Juliet got to me. That's it. Oh, yeah. No, the, uh, I, I'm the same way with baseball. It's like every time I tweet about the Cubs, people are just like, "Well, actually," and it's like, oh, God "Yes, damn it. I just hate yeah. this. Like it's, I just like watching my baseball team. Just let me live my life." I love Pro Football Focus to death. Last week, they argued if any running back wins the MVP, it shouldn't be Todd Gurley. It should be James White. That's a real thing that happened. What? They, they yep. wrote that, dude. It's out yep. there. It's on the internet. They published it. Yep. But see, then when I look at the Sunday night stuff, when they have the positional rank, yeah. and if it's a team I'm really locked into, and I'd be like, he's the seventh best guard in the NFL? And then, of course, all the ex-offensive linemen freak out, and they go, who's grading this film? You guys suck. With more information... I've never been dumber. I don't know who's good anymore. The, the offensive line stuff is tough because yeah. they do it off the actual TV film and it's impossible to grade offensive linemen on that. And all the guard, like the Rams have really good offensive linemen because t- Sean McVay puts them yeah. in like amazing positions. Just destroy people on every play. It's impossible to grade that stuff. Every I, time I think someone looks good, they flash that he's 78 I know, I hate it. Yeah, in a league yes. at safety. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess that's right. I know. I can't believe I said Lyle Collins was good the other day on the show. I feel like <laughs> such an asshole. 78th. Damn it. Okay. Uh, we're going to wrap up with this. I mean, I just wanted to ask some of our staff people, do you guys want me to get out there and do a Q&A? If you guys want to do it, we can do a few of them. I mean, you guys let us know. Okay. So that seems like a resounding yes. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right, so let's um, let's do the Q and A first, sure. I think, and then we'll kind of do this rapid fire fun thing that I have these two guys doing. How well do you know your podcast host? All right, so uh, just wave your hand or whatever, and we'll uh, we'll get we'll finish up with some questions here. All right, well, we'll go ahead. You serve. Huh. All right, Kevin, th- this one's for you, man. Okay, as a fan of the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Hurricanes, Orlando Magic, and I assume the Miami Marlins. No, I'm not a huh. Dolphins fan. I thought you were Dolphins. Nah. Uh, well, now you are. Okay. <laughs> Which one of those four teams do you think will win a playoff game first? Oh, it's not the University of Miami. Um, I would say it's the Magic, and it's in 2029. I'm really sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, Jake from Las Vegas, but a big KC Chiefs fan. Uh, it's November now. I'm just wondering if you've changed your take, Kevin Clark, on Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback you want for the five years? Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is really, really good. And I'm starting my, my, my broad take on Patrick Mahomes is I don't want to say system. Cause I think he's incredible. I just think there are maybe five or six guys who could put, put up this, these numbers of the 32 starting quarterbacks in Andy Reid's system. If he came through Andy Reid's system. So yeah, I, I think that if I had to take anybody for the next five years right now, it would be Patrick Mahomes. But Again, I'd, lo- I'd love to see everybody spend a week in Andy Reid's system and see how it goes. I feel that way about Jared Goff as well with McVay. This is for Robert. <laughs> What's up with the kickers in the NFL? And do you start seeing guys drafted in the top four rounds now as kickers? Oh, good question. 
you've written about this a little bit, just how the kicking in general, the stats back up that they're actually better than they've been for a long time. But it, well, the Raiders punter ran faster than Alvin Kamara <laughs> ever has in his career yesterday, according to the numbers, by the way. It, it, it's so strange that so many elements of football are getting more efficient and better and kicking just doesn't feel like it's going that way. I mean, the Chargers haven't been able to find one in like five years. I have no idea what it's the because re- MLS is a bigger deal now. Maybe they're taking our all, all the guys that would be kickers. It's it's so strange, and I just feel like we should be. It's, it's honestly, it's kind of how quarterbacks were five years ago, where you think like we should be able to find thirty-two guys to do this. Yeah, and now we have them, and with kickers, it feels like we should be able to do the same thing, and we're just not there. It's really. Weird. I also think that they they went really cheap on the kickers. Yes. And they're just like, we're not going to give second contracts, and now these guys are making $800,000 well, I mean, missing every third you kick. Look, Dan Bailey gets cut by the yeah. Cowboys and then goes to Minnesota and can't make a kick anymore. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Chris, Las Vegas. And speaking of the Cowboys, um, I was, oh <laughs> yeah. so I was wondering if uh, for Dak Prescott, do you think the criticism that he gets is because we're always on national TV or do you think it's justified? And then on top of that, I was debating with my brother last night who actually coaches quarterbacks out in Dallas. And I was wondering if we do hire someone, say, like Lincoln Riley, assuming we get rid of Jason Garrett, um, do you think he hangs on to Dak Prescott with the thought of like, I can fix this guy? Or do you think he just moves in a completely different direction? Maze, you've done a lot of writing on the it, coaching it's, staff. It's going to be a fascinating decision, whatever he chooses to do. I think that Dak is unfairly criticized because like we were talking about with Josh Rosen or what the Jets are doing, when you don't put your quarterback in the right spot and you don't give him the infrastructure to succeed, you shouldn't criticize that person because we've seen what real coaches can do. And I feel like that's where Dak is. And they're going to, if they bring back Jason Garrett next year, the franchise should be disbanded. So I I think if they bring in somebody, that's going to be his decision. Do you want Dak? Do you want to hitch yourself to Dak Prescott? And I think I would. At the right price. Yes. I wouldn't give him a lot of money. I think that what's going to happen with Dak, just money-wise, is they're going to give him the Andy Dalton. Portals. The the Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, essentially two-year deal where there's a kind of a a trap door you can get out from under. And I think that's what's going to happen. I would give Dak that. And I am actually excited about seeing him with the right guy. Jerry Jones is going to give him $150 million. (laughs) Remember, though, Jones Dak is going to wait until everybody else leaves the room but Jerry. And he's going to slip him a $150 million contract and Jerry's going to sign it. Jones gave Romo just the going rate at the time on the first big deal. And people were like, wait a minute. And I don't know. see all right we got like three more though we'll get this thing wrapped up hi ralph from new jersey um hey you stopped me and you said you stopped me yesterday and you said yeah. you had a work thing and you were trying to get out of it and i told you to quit your job yeah okay we, we did how did it. that go we did it okay we're here yeah <laughs> uh i'm sure you guys are enjoying peyton manning detail every week um the quarterbacks he's chosen so far to look at were josh rosen patrick mahomes baker mayfield fine all yeah. the QBs of the future and Matthew Stafford. Why Matthew Stafford? I mean, Rosilla brought it up earlier. I mean, the Matthew Stafford's legacy is going to be fascinating because he's going to break most of these records. Uh, I don't think he's going to be like the the clean, non steroided Rafael Palmero, (laughs) where we're just looking at his numbers in 10 years and be like, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. I mean, when you just. Think about what Matthew Stafford has been for the last decade and just the numbers he's putting up. I, I can understand why somebody would be interested in him. I really can. 
I've All right, um, <laughs> uh, Jr. from Las Vegas, lifelong Niner fan, but you know, watching Frank Gore yesterday, he's busting off five ten yard runs nonstop. <laughs> Is this guy a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. You're the running back guy. I, I feel like I should... throw them all. I'd retroactively throw all running backs out. <laughs> I think he should get in. My thing about Hall of Fame is that if you're not the best player at your position ever when you're in the league and for over your entire career, that you probably shouldn't get in. And that's how I feel about Frank Gore. But he'll get in. But at what point over the last 15 years was Frank Gore the best running back in the NFL? It never happened. And I just think that matters. Jerome Bettis is in. I know. I know. It, it just I, The counting stats and just raw totals, I'm always skeptical of. I want to see you be... A one, two, three time all pro. That's always how I've thought about it. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, uh, Andres from Connecticut. Uh, the Jets have 90 million or so in cap space next year. How will they fix it? <laughs> oh my God. I saw you, buddy. Oh my God. I think God. it's 109. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know where you begin. Um, who's good on that team? Jamal Adams is pretty good. That's really it. Leonard Williams. Brian Winters is a good guard. Brian, I saw. I, I, I got to stick to my brand here. I saw. I saw a stat today. It was from PFF. Said Brian Winters was the second best guard in Week Ten, and the Jets were acting like they just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so that's where we're at. I think you you try to overpay for a good coach. Um, maybe you get in the Lincoln Riley sweepstakes and just hope that it works. That's where um, it starts. I mean, the, I, the, I think the coach you just build. Important. I think I think the first thing you do is you build an offensive staff around Sam Darnold that's competent. You don't go with the defensive head coach and Jeremy Bates, who shouldn't be a, an offensive coordinator. Um, you just go out and you build a Chicago style, Philadelphia style staff around him, and then go from there. Chicago style. I'm I like, being, I like that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Okay, two more guys. Thanks. Uh, Brian from Vancouver here. I love the podcast, guys. You've been working on a theory that uh, Belichick and other great coaches would love it to have a terrible quarterback. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> to sort of like demonstrate how awesome they are. Yeah. From the current crop of like the worst quarterbacks, who would you think that Belichick would just be like, get me that guy? Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be. He would love. Here's what I think. I think he would love to have just. <laughs> like a long week, maybe a Thursday into a Sunday with Nathan Peterman. Yeah. I think that would be just for one game. But I think that in order to win a Super Bowl, who's the worst quarterback you could take? Could he win a Super Bowl? I, for Th- what, this year is weird. For whatever reason. Eli Manning is a good one. <laughs> for whatever reason, I keep coming back to Osweiler. Osweiler. I just, yeah. I could see him in the uniform because he had mallet. So I, but I, think he would, I think he would like, like a more mobile quarterback because I think he would like to run yeah. sort of single wing schemes and stuff like that. I mean, I think that he does. There's an amazing lacrosse magazine video of Belichick where he's, <laughs> they, they ask, he's like, all he cares about is lacrosse. He lacrosse, lacrosse. magazine. So he loves he was lacrosse. Like, they, they were like, do your Patriots team as, as, as lacrosse, a lacrosse team. It was a weird question. But then they were like, is Brady on? And he goes, no, Brady can't run. <laughs> And it was so quick that you could tell he's been thinking about where his Patriots players would be on a lacrosse team for 20 years. He's talking about like Gronkowski, where he'd move him around. It's like Brady's on the bench. He, he, and so he would love to have. He's thought like, about Julian Edelman as an attack, like for 50 hours a week. Like a healthy Ryan Tannehill. He would work wonders. Oh, yeah. They'd win the Super Bowl with a healthy Ryan Tannehill. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was such Bortles, a great question. Bortles mobile. I was expecting at the end to be like, and why do the Bills keep trying to do that? Uh, <laughs> all right, we got one more here. Hi, um, Jim from Las Vegas. Hey, Jim. The sort of that mid-generation of quarterbacks, 
now, maybe starting with Ryan's draft class in 08, maybe to Ryan Tannehill now. Where do we where do we see those guys going? Because some of those guys have kind of plateaued. I'm a Lions fan, so I know that the Jim Bob Cooter experience is <laughs> sort of please make it stop. Um, so you talked about the the young guys and giving them the 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 good offensive mind. What about these guys who have sort of are are about to move to that maybe next step in their careers where you know one more contract maybe. I think Matt Ryan is a good place to start that conversation because we saw Matt Ryan as one version of Matt Ryan for so long. And then Kyle Shanahan came in and he won an MVP. I just think that there are, there are margins that these guys don't hit because their coaches aren't necessarily great. And I think that that's the most important thing. I mean, it's the fact that Matt Ryan was the MVP of the league and we haven't seen that with a lot of these other guys. I think that's them. What matters bring in the right guy to get the most out of them. And for the most part, we haven't seen that with that crop of quarterbacks. We just talked about this earlier in the week. It's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. And it's funny because I'd always been of the theory that when the sort of golden generation, Breeze, Manning, Brady, when they're all out of the game, it becomes Matthew Stafford's NFL. It becomes Matt Ryan's NFL. I thought that up to this year. But now you see Patrick Mahomes. Now you see guys like that. Or even just, you know, you're off. Off. Yeah. But, but also just teams like the Bears who can manufacture offense with a crappy quarterback. Playing quarterback is easier than it ever has been. And so having a Matthew Stafford is probably going to be less valuable than ever in five years. Okay, we're going to do a quick little thing at the end. We want to thank all of you, though, for coming out here because we've been around all day. We're doing the walkthrough. The fact that we were able to fill the room really seriously means a lot to us. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I know it wasn't Thanks, easy guys. for all of you guys to get here. This is really cool. We have this fun thing planned here at the end. We're going to do a little T-shirt ringer giveaway there across the hallway here, the Monte Cristo. So it's a really cool room in there, and they're Everybody good to come. go. But we want to uh, send it back to Brian here with Belvedere for one uh, final word, man. So yeah, take it away. It. Thank you so much for having us uh, be a part of this. I mean, this podcast is everything and amazing and the fans make it incredible. Uh, again, if you have some time and you had a question and you wanted to kind of talk to these guys about it, but you were afraid to have the mic in your hand, cross the street right here, Monte Cristo, get a Juliet cocktail with a Belvedere in there and uh, let it, let it be had. Right. And just drink Belvedere now for the rest of your lives. Word. And <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll all be happier for it. Okay. It's not John Gruden. This is a thing I used to love doing with um, my co-host back in the day. And I always like making this joke about Danny Cannell because I made it to his face and we did it on the show. But he's the only quarterback I've ever met in my entire life who didn't want to actually play. Uh, <laughs> he would argue with Garoppolo. He'd be like, why does yeah. he want out of there? Like, you're the only dude that would be happy being a backup for seven or eight years. Like, most people actually do want to play eventually. I think Nathan Peterman hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) But see, even Peterman gets crushed here. So what we would do is we would do this thing. It would be like, how well do you know your co-host? So with Mays and Kevin here, how well do you guys know each other as co-hosts of your podcast? And I'll start here asking Robert about Kevin. Uh Uh-oh. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. This is a coach that (laughs) that Kevin thinks is really good, but others don't. It's not the one we mentioned earlier. That would have been my guess. Now I don't know. We talked about- I really don't know. Who is it? Sean McDermott. <laughs> you guys host the NFL Ringer show together? Or? That's good. That's, well, we've all- no, that, that, was that, that one was tough. That was that tough. Was, that was that tough. tough. Because Sean McDermott's fun. not a good coach, so no, it's kind of hard to land coach. on that. But he is a good coach is the thing. Okay. That's why I think that. <laughs> Kevin, yeah. um, 
Robert believes this is the most underrated player of his lifetime. Is it Julius Peppers? <laughs> Who he thinks is the greatest player in the history of football? On yeah. defense, that's yeah. that's. Do you that, want that is the answer? You want to yes. guess? Yeah, I mean that's actually Wait, the right is answer. Wait, on offense, is it Jay Cutler? No, on offense, on offense, on offense, we've already talked about it today. Right. Not Nathan Peterman. Oh, it is a quarterback though. Oh, Philip Rivers, yeah. That's right, though. You got the Peppers one right, though. Yeah. Okay. He talks about it a lot. The thing is, is if one guy goes 4 for 4 and the other guy goes 0 for 4, then you start to think, like, how important am I in your <laughs> life? Okay, Robert. Um, Kevin still believes in this much-debated QB. Famously. When everybody else doubts this man, Kevin comes in after a He's nationally televised game after a few airmailed throws on third down and says, you know what? If they just called the right plays for... You're a big Stafford guy, but I don't think that's it. How can you not get this? I'm terrible at this game. He's had a recently fired coach was his head coach or was his coordinator. Yeah. 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 No, I got it. I fixed it. Confused him more now. now Andy yeah, Dalton. No, no, Andy Dalton. Oh, that's. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at this. I should have said would introduce to your daughter, but may not build a franchise around. <laughs> it's time. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Robert thinks that if this player does not get into the Hall of Fame, they should disband the Hall of Fame. It's an offensive lineman, right? No. No, no. You're, 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 you're on the wrong side of my brand here, but that's a good guess. Think um, special. Adam Vinatieri? I don't even know. <laughs> Devin Hester. Devin Hester. Devin oh, Hester. my God. Yeah. Okay, all right. So we'll end on these. This is the only restaurant that Kevin will go to because they're located near NFL practice facilities and he believes in the brand. It is Panera Bread. All right. That, and, that, that one I was definitely going to get. And finally, Robert has a soft spot for this NFL city so many do not want to be assigned to to cover a game. Minneapolis? No, that, that one's a good one too, but no, it's, it's even weirder than that. Oh, God. Um, think, yeah, think worse. No offense to anyone there from the city. It's, I've heard it's really underrated. Cincinnati? It is. Yes. Yes. How about that? <laughs> Strong finish. Uh, again, thanks to everyone. Well you guys for coming out. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the Ringer NFL show with Mays and Kevin. And, of course, the Dual Threat, where we'll be out on uh, every night after the college football playoff rank is coming out. And this is great. Let's head over there. Let's take some pictures and hang out and have a couple of Belvedere's, a couple of Juliet's. And uh, thanks so much again, everybody here, for coming. 